1: Welcome to another edition of the Baseball America Podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. Here with me today is Mike Anana and Jim Schonard, and we're going to talk about some college baseball because the college season starts tomorrow. That is Friday, February 19, opening day for Division I, and it's an exciting time of year. We're going to look at our preseason predictions, uh, including our initial Field of 64 NCAA tournament uh, projections, and we're going to talk about some of the news uh, from from around the country this week, it being uh, the first week of the season, a lot of injuries and suspensions um, getting announced. And you know, so some teams will, will be a little shorthanded uh, to start off the season. And then we also have an interview with uh, Tulane coach David Pierce. You know, he has an interesting team this year uh, down there in New Orleans. It's his second year in charge, coming off of an NCAA tournament appearance. They host Illinois this weekend. So... You know, first, why don't we why don't we talk about our crystal ball predictions that that we all made? You know, so we did that for the, the college preview issue, and uh, we put those online uh, last week. Two of us picked Florida. Uh, the the fourth person making these predictions uh, was John Manuel, our editor in chief, and so two of us picked Florida to win the, the whole thing, and two picked Louisville. I picked Florida. You guys picked Louisville. So now here on the, the eve of the season, how how are we feeling about the, the top two teams in, in college baseball right now? I think we're still
2: still feel pretty good. I mean, obviously not, they haven't played any games, so nothing's changed. No one's gotten hurt. No one's you know losing their jobs or anything like that. But I mean, those we've been saying all along, those are the two best teams in the country. And you know, it, it's obviously there's no guarantees, as you know Kel- Kevin O'Sullivan has you know said you know said in uh, interviews and stuff that. You know, being number one or number two doesn't guarantee you anything. It just—it's a good starting point, but it shows you're talented. But you still got to go out there and—you know—everybody's zero and zero right now, so
0: you got to go out there and prove it. Yeah, no, I mean, both teams are obviously very deep, um, very talented. I mean, I—I I went back and forth. I mean, I—I went with Louisville as my national champion in the Crystal Ball, but Florida, obviously, our number one team, could just easily win it. It was more a gut choice with me. I don't have any scientific reason why I went to Louisville. Um, you know, obviously both teams are, are tremendously talented, so they're going to be fun to watch this year, and, you know, we'll see. I'm sure there'll be some surprises in Omaha as well.
1: Yeah, it's obviously hard
0: to make a prediction
1: for national champion this far out. You know, Florida, at preseason number one, you know, we feel like they're the most talented team. So, you know, I, I went with the Gators, and uh, they've got some Omaha experience, too, and uh, both on the coaching staff, which has been to Omaha several times since they've been in Florida, and this team uh, getting there last year and uh, just losing to Virginia, the eventual national champions. But th- both those teams, in addition to fighting you know, preseason expectations, they're also fighting history a little bit. Baseball America has been doing uh, college rankings since 1981, and the team ranked number one or number two in the preseason has gone on to win the national championship seven times. Uh, most recently, it was LSU that did it. They were number two in 2009, and they won the World Series that year. They're also the most recent number one to go on to win. Uh, they did it in 96. So it's tough to do, obviously. There's, there's a long season ahead, and there's a lot of parity in college baseball. Actually, the, the preseason number ones fared better early in the, the rankings history than they have recently. Uh, And I think that's a reflection not of Baseball America getting worse at picking preseason number ones, but uh, just of college baseball's increased parity around the country and just how difficult it is to win in Omaha. We also pick an Omaha sleeper. I picked Indiana. Jim, you picked uh, College of Charleston, and Mike and John went with Notre Dame. When we're looking at a sleeper, uh, it, it's a team ranked outside the top 25 is, is how we define it. You know, these teams are all pretty experienced. Uh, College of Charleston has a new coach, but they have a lot of, a lot of returning players. Indiana is a, a very uh, veteran pitching staff, and, and Notre Dame lost very few players from a, a team that was pretty good in the ACC last year. And, and These were all regional teams last year. What do you like about, about College of Charleston there, Jim? Well, like you, like you were saying, they just they lose uh,
2: Monty Lee, their coach, but uh, they get Bailey Ober back in the fold this year. missed uh, They had to do without him last year, and uh, yeah, they're just a, a veteran team. They've been to regionals. They went last year, won a couple games, uh, beat Auburn a couple times, were competitive with Florida State, and they're. I just kind of I feel like that's a, a program that's been kind of kind of you know, competitive every year. They've been in the mix, also you know, they have a. Um, like I said, they have experience. I feel like this is a ch- there's a chance they could break through. And they have... I mean, they did win a regional like you know, nine, ten years ago. So it's a program that, could, that can do it, that has done it before. It's within their, uh, their potential. And I mean, I just kind of had a little feeling about them. I, I just, we do like um, UNC Wilmington a lot in that conference. So they'll have to... Uh, you know, if they win... Obviously, last year, they were close. They could have hosted a regional last year, honestly. They probably should have. they could have made a case. But anyway... Um, but so, yeah, I like their pitching staff. I think they're absolutely, like I said, they lose their coach, but I think, um, you know, they do you know, they elevated Matt Heath, who was an assistant there, so, so there should be some continuity. And I just, yeah, you know, I feel like, like I said, like, like it's a program that's kind of, it, it, you know, it could be, you know, it's a veteran team that could be there for a breakthrough.
1: Yeah, Charleston has a lot to live up to because Jim's pick for Omaha Sleeper last year was Dallas, did, Baptist. Dallas Baptist. Dallas Baptist. That's tough to tough. Yeah, obviously they didn't make it to Omaha, but you know that, that was is a good
2: first sleeper pick. That was right,
1: a, it worked out pretty well. They went on to host, and yeah, that's that, that was a that was a, definitely a solid pick. So Charleston has. I don't uh, need. We can just forget about whatever other picks I made. <laughs> I remember
0: that one. <laughs> I've already forgotten the other ones. Uh, Mike, what, what do you like about Notre Dame? Well, I mean, they were they made a regional last year. They had a, a nice year last year, and they bring back a, a lot of a lot of the pieces that they had last year too I mean it's a veteran club uh, Mikioki does a great job there as, as as head coach you know they have some uh, they have some major league bloodlines on this team with, with Kevin Vigio and you know bringing in uh, Tori Hunter's son as well um, it's just a, a a solid group I mean it's the ACC as a whole is is tough to predict because there are a lot of teams I think in the middle of the ACC that could go in either direction so you know it's kind of going out on a limb to pick Notre Dame, although I thought I was, but then John also picked Notre Dame, so, so maybe not. But, yeah, I just, I just like the, the, the veteran core that they have, and um, I, I really do think that they can build off of last year and, and make a little bit more noise this year. Yeah, Kevin Biggio, our
1: preseason All-American at second base, as voted on by the Major League Scouting Directors. and So there, there's, some, there's some star power there, and you know they were a solid team last year. You know, like you said, go to a regional, and uh, it's a veteran group, I think. And Indiana, who I picked, it's kind of the same way. They, they've they been to three straight regionals, which I feel like has, has been done kind of quietly. I, I don't think that many people are have talked about Indiana as that kind of a team. But, you know, they went to the College World Series in 2013, and um, they went back to regionals the next year. And then Tracy Smith, who'd kind of built that program up a bit, um, left for Arizona State and uh, Indiana brings in Chris Limanis from from Louisville, and they you know they, they could have been expected to take a bit of a step back there. They they lost some. I think a lot of people kind of yeah. forgot about them. Yeah, for losing Schwarber and those guys. Yeah, I mean you lose Kyle Schwarber, you lose who obviously is a the fourth overall pick in the draft and and very advanced as, as we all saw over this last year, and and you lose the coach that had been there for, for several years and, and had built that program, and, you know, you're, you're hiring a first-time coach, but they didn't last year. You know, they, uh, they were very competitive in a, in a tough Big Ten, and, and they get back to regionals, and, you know, they did pretty well for themselves in regionals. They, they didn't win a regional, but, you know, they, um, they acquitted themselves well, and uh, the pitching staff this year is really old. Uh, there are a lot of seniors or, or fourth-year juniors there, and they have some, they have some exciting talent in the lineup uh, sophomores Logan, Logan Sowers, and Isaiah Pasteur have a lot of tools, and um, they didn't have the most consistent freshman years. But if they can make that jump as sophomores to to become consistent performers, you know, I I think the Hoosiers have uh, have the potential to to get back to Omaha. And it seems to me like a lot of times the the kind of out of nowhere team in Omaha is a northern team, you know, whether it's Kent State or Stony Brook or, or Indiana. Or you know the the surprise last year was Illinois. Obviously they they lose in supers. They don't make it there. But you know the fact that they were in the top five in the polls last year and you know, a national seed win fifty games that was that was not expected. No. So it, it seems to me like it's the northern teams that that are most equipped to to surprise. Or it's the the mid major southern teams like uh, like College of Charleston or DBU last year. So it'll be interesting to watch um, who comes out of, um, you know, not, not necessarily out of nowhere, but, but who, who comes from, from a little bit further off the radar this season to, to make a run. And, you know, if it ends up in Omaha or, or even if it's just a, a matter of, of getting a, a good seed or, or a national seed in the, in the NCAA tournament. And then for, for player of the year, uh, I went with uh, Nick Senzel, uh, John went with Corey Ray, uh, Jim, you went with Zach Collins and Mike, you went with JJ Schwarz, a couple of uh catchers from the state of Florida with a lot of power. The only sophomore on that group or underclassman is is Schwartz. Everyone else there is a junior. You know, when you when you look at those guys, uh especially the draftable guys, the, those are those are all guys that, that are probably gonna be picked in the first round, especially if they perform. Um you know, Zach Collins has some questions to answer about catching, but Jim, obviously the power is, is yeah, probably I mean, what's it, driving that pick for you.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly, I mean, uh, the defense was something I thought about. I mean, if he's, if he has a rough time, if he has a rough go of it back there, then it would be tough to pick him, but um, obviously you expect him to have a huge year with the bat, and I mean, he's going to be, obviously he is going to be taking on more of the low this year with uh, Garrett Kennedy gone, so if he holds up, and if that team is, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk a little about, a lot of goings on at Miami, that we'll probably get to uh, more, but you know he's going to be in the middle of any of everything, and if that team lives up to what its potential is, then he's going to be a huge part of it. And I, that's kind of that's kind of where I was where I was thinking there. Do you think
1: he hits more home runs than Schwarz? Uh Well, obviously I do, since I picked him. So <laughs> yeah. And so, Mike, you you I guess are, are saying Schwartz will
0: hit more home runs that he hit. What, yeah. Was it eighteen last he, year, yeah, and
1: he, Collins hit fifteen?
0: Yeah, well, you know, I don't know, we'll, we'll we'll see about the home runs, but I mean, you you look at his freshman year, and I have his stats in front of me, I mean, 332, 18 home runs, you know, 73 RBIs as a freshman, you know, on a stacked Florida team, and now, you know, they, they lose a couple pieces, now, I mean, he's the he's the guy, you know, in the middle of the order, the run production there, obviously it's going to be tough to improve on, on last year, but, uh, you know, I like his chances of having a, a similar season, and, you know, if not for, uh, you know, if not for Andrew Benatendi last year, you know, he could have been up there as a player of the year candidate.
1: Yeah, and um, he was not freshman of the year, but he easily could have been that as well. Brandon right. McKay was obviously freshman of the year, but um, yeah, the, those guys were uh, were incredible as freshmen, and, and they're all contenders, I think, this year for for player of the year, in addition to the guys that we mentioned, you know, I, I go with uh, Senzel and at Tennessee, and you know, he really broke out last year, um, and continued that in the Cape, where he kind of established himself as as one of the, the top hitters in uh, in college baseball. And you know, there were there were a lot of players that, that I think we all considered. You know, Corey Ray at Louisville certainly, and I like Nick Banks at uh, Texas A and M as well. And uh, but but Senzel is is just a he's just a, such a consistent hitter, and if he's able to tap into the power that. Um, that he has and, and that he shows in batting practice, but hasn't necessarily done a ton of in games, then I think that's a guy that, you know, is going to jump up. He can't jump up draft boards all that much because he's so high already, but um, that, that is really going to be uh, in, in the, definitely in the mix to be the first college position player taken in, in the draft and potentially be a player of the year type. We we also, Talk about preseason pitchers of the year. Uh, we don't give this award at the end of the year. They have to they have to compete with all of the position players for for our um, Baseball America College Player of the Year. But you guys both went with Mike Shawarin at Maryland. He's Maryland's all time wins leader already. He holds like their career or their season, single season strikeouts record, and uh, he was a horse for them last year, and and, and really a driving force between back to back regional teams for Maryland. So it's not hard to see why you guys would. Would, no, I mean, turn he, to that guy. He, I mean, he really was their only reliable
2: starter last year, and he had to shoulder a big load. But he's a, I mean, he's a big physical guy. He's got a big fastball, I and mean, he's, he, I mean, he's fun to watch. It's fun to watch him pitch, and you know, and yeah, I mean, obviously, I've been a fan of his ever since I saw him as a freshman go down and beat South Carolina in Columbia in a regional when they hadn't lost a home NCAA game in twelve years or whatever it was. So that was kind of that's kind of where I, uh, as our listeners will remember, how big a believer I was in the Terps was last year. That was kind of where that began. But yeah, I mean, sh- so that and that was kind of where I was introduced to Mike Schworn. But yeah, he's he's fun to watch. He's obviously he's a very talented arm, and yeah, I mean, obviously Maryland, he's good. they're going to be counting on him again. I mean, I think they do have some young guys they like in that rotation, but it's, he's still he is the ace of that team. And if they're going to go to regionals again, he's going to be and if. So There's definitely going to be more on that pitching staff because of all the hitters they lost. Obviously, they have young guys they like, but um, they lose a lot of the kind of the heart and soul of that lineup. Um, you know, Mark, Kevin Martir, Lamont Wade, Brandon Lau—all those guys are gone. So, Schorn is the biggest name left from those two super regional teams, and he's—I think he's—if he's, he's—if they're going to be good, he's going to have a
0: huge—he's going to have to have a huge year for them. Yeah, no, I—I—I I, I agree with all of that, and you know, I feel like. Uh, like a copycat with, you, with these <laughs> picks, I did. I did pick a lot of the same, but um, and Teddy, you went with Dalton Jeffries at Cal, um, who will be, well at least I'll be seeing this weekend over at Duke. What, what do you like about Jeffries?
1: Well, the pitcher of the year is such a tough one because I, I feel like there's a lot of really good college pitching this year. Um, none of us picked AJ Puck, who is uh, number one on the the draft board. Uh, for college players right now uh, from us, and John did go with Alec Hansen, who's number two, and then there are there are just so many more. There, you know, there's Alex Lane at LSU. There's um, you know they, they're they're all over the place. Logan Shore at Florida, Robert Tyler at Georgia. There are a lot of really great pitchers in college baseball. But the thing about Don Jeffries is that he. You know, he doesn't get the same draft buzz as those guys because he he is smaller. You know, Schwarzen this this big, hulking um, you know presence on the mound, and you know a lot of the other guys that I mentioned are, are very much prototypical big league pitcher bodies. And, and Don Jeffries is is much. Uh, he's only about six feet tall, and you know, so that he, he just doesn't fit you know the 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 mold of what guys are, are necessarily looking uh, looking for. But he knows how to pitch, and we saw that here with Team USA last summer. Um, he was his pitchability is exceptional. He locates his fastball well. He just he has good secondary stuff, and and he just gets outs. And you know we have Cal at number eight in the the top twenty five, and and Don Jeffries being at the front of the rotation is a is a big part of that, I think. And he's going to be a guy that that I feel like is is going to make uh, a move up draft boards. I think because as it, he has track record of performing, and if he does it again this year, like obviously I think he can. Um, you know, he's he's going to move up more in the into the first round. I I definitely think. You know, but again, there there are just so many good pitchers in college baseball. Uh, you know, Brendan McKay could. You know, he's a two way guy, but you know, he certainly could could be on this list. And I think we've even uh, mentioned Funkhouse. Yeah, Funkhouse. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you know the, Kentucky. Kyle's right. Uh, the, you know your your Louisville ace, um, Connor Jones. Another one, Connor think, Jones. Yeah. Eric Lauer at Kent State. Um, yeah, Tanner Houck at Missouri. Uh, there, there is just a lot of really good pitching. Plus, you know, it's hard to pick a Vanderbilt pitcher, but <laughs> they have several candidates. It's just hard to know which ones are. He's gonna merge right and. Um, you know, so I, the state of pitching in college baseball is, uh, is very strong, and um, you can't go wrong with any of these picks, I don't think. But, you know, another area that I think college baseball is very strong this year is uh, freshmen, um, and they're, they're, I've said it before. I'll, I'll probably be saying it all season until these guys prove me wrong, but I, I just really think there are a lot of impactful freshmen across the country. You guys both picked Luke and Baker. Two-way guy for TCU. That's a great pick. Power hitter, power arm. Uh, you know, he would not be at TCU, I don't think, if he hadn't told major league teams uh, before the draft that he, you know, he intended to to go on to TCU to to not bother, uh, you know, trying to trying to sign him. But he was in the top. He was right around number fifty on the the BA five hundred last year. Uh, and so for TCU to get that guy on campus is, is just incredible. And, you know, he can do it from both sides of the ball, really. Yeah, I mean, he's beyond his years, really. I mean, I, that's one of the things that you, Jim
2: Schlossnagel, their coach, brought up uh, when I talked to him, uh, I think, in January. was just how advanced Baker is. I mean, he's, you think of the power, and he certainly can hit it a mile, and he throws. And he can throw really hard, but um, he, I mean, he's, he knows how to pitch. He knows what he's doing out there, and at the plate,
0: he can use the whole field. I mean, he's, he's not just a, you know, a one-trick pony. And I think just as important with, with Freshman of the Year, I mean, obviously there are a lot of talented freshmen, but it's about playing time, too. And He's and going to be in the middle of everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's going to have plenty of opportunity with how much they lost. I mean, you look at all the talent that that left last year's team, so he's going to have plenty of opportunities both on the mound and at the plate to establish himself. So I think that gives him an edge, too. Yeah, he is slated
1: to, uh, to start this weekend, I, I believe, on Saturday. Um, I went with Cole Sands at Florida State, who... Um, is also slated to start this weekend he is on Sunday Uh, and John went with Joe Demers at Washington who is slated to pitch Saturday and both those guys are they're just very advanced um, right-handers Demers has a very long track record uh, with Team USA and of winning with Team USA and Cole Sands uh, is the younger brother of Carson Sands who the Cubs drafted and Uh, gave a pretty hefty amount of money to two years ago. Cole gets to campus for Florida State and you know he's gonna he's gonna move right into their rotation and he isn't starting on opening night but honestly if he was pitching on Friday nights by the time ACC play rolled around or by the time May comes around it would not surprise me one bit. He is he is very good, and he's been very good for them so far this year, and they're, they're very excited to have them. But there are like like pitchers. There are so many guys that you can pick around the country. Uh, Oregon State has the shortstops, Caden Grenier and Nick Madrigal, and it's hard to pick one because they're you know they're they're just going to be linked for a long time, probably, unfortunately. But uh, right now, uh, everyone's very excited about the two of them and, and seeing how the Beavers use them and. Uh, You've got guys um, at Vanderbilt, uh, uh, the number one recruiting class, you know, much like their pitching staff, it's hard to pick a Vanderbilt player because you just don't know which one's going to emerge, but there will be a very talented freshman there, at least one, probably more than one from a group that includes guys like Donnie Everett, Chandler Day, Alonzo Jones, Uh, Florida, the number two class, kind of in a similar boat, so much talent coming in there again this year, Uh, John India going to play second base for them right away and Jackson Coar and Brady Sinner are going to be pitching important innings out of the bullpen probably and you know I I could keep going there it just around the country there is there is talent and uh in in this freshman class so it'll be exciting to see which ones of them uh emerge this year and then we we have our projected field of 64 Jim you kind of lead this up uh putting this together for the hosts and, and for the uh, national seeds, we just took our poll. Yeah, I pretty much just went by that for, for the time being. You know? And then you put in the, um, the conference champions, the, the auto bids. But when you look at the, the picks that, you, that we had to make there, then, of the, the um, at-large bids that, that aren't in the top 25, who there did, did you kind of struggle with? Like, are they in? Are they out? Like, and then who's on the bubble for you, for you right now? Well, remember the, the teams that it came right
2: down to the end were um, Clemson and South Carolina, the two uh, Palmetto rivals, and you know also we gave uh, the edge to South Carolina. They're the, uh, the last team in, and I mean, it was it was close. I think we were kind of we we're waiting to just kind of waiting to see how Clemson develops, how they get the new coaching staff, and kind of just kind of see how that roster comes together. But and we we do like South Carolina's talent. I mean they probably I mean they underachieved last year. They should have been better, but. um so we'll see what they we'll see what they do. Um, a couple of things that stood out. I mean, we have Winthrop as a second team in from the Big South. Uh, we like them. Uh, UC, we have U C Irvine getting in. Um, I really like that team. He has Kestin Hura. I think that's how you say. They uh, obviously had a great freshman year for them. They look like a pretty solid group. Um, then we have Texas back in from the Big Twelve. Only only other non-top twenty-five team from the uh, Big Twelve. Um, but they should, be, they should be solid again. They should be back in the mix. Um, kind of North Carolina was another one. Um, we have them getting back in. They missed last year. Uh, it's, that's a lot. They're, they've got questions to answer, certainly on the offensive end. But we like their their one-two punch with uh, Bukowskis and Zach Gallon. So kind of give them the benefit of the doubt that they can get in. But um, that's they'll be interesting to follow. Uh, I think a few others
1: that stood out. I think um, South Florida's interesting. South
2: Florida was another one that was kind of on the
1: bubble. Yeah, know. they uh, they lost a lot from last year, but they bring in a, a really strong recruiting class. Um, and, you know, they it was kind of a surprise last year that they made the tournament. Yeah, they were kind of ahead of schedule. Yeah, like, that was Mark Kingston's first year there. And, um, you yeah, know, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see them coming out of the AAC and, and the AAC in general. Uh, you yeah. have, what, three teams in there? It was there. four last year. I think we have three right now. Yeah, Houston, Tulane, and South Florida. But... Um, I know UConn's pretty... UConn yeah. should be solid. Anthony Kay's
2: is back there. That's a good coaching staff. Um, East Carolina, they kind of lost a good bit from last year, but, I mean, that's... Obviously, they had a great first year under, um, under Cliff Godwin there, so they, I mean, I think that's a program that's on the right track. Um, i trying to think of... Uh, it's, a, it's a strong conference, I think. It, it is. It'll be good people. again. Yeah. Also, we, do have, uh, we touched on Maryland. We've got them in again. Um, despite the loss in SaltNet uh, on the offensive end, we like their talent. And they have Mike Schworn, so yeah, three um, big, have a chance every week. Yeah, three from the
1: Big Ten again, yeah. with uh, Indiana being the other one. Yeah, um, you know, And Michigan, of course. Right. And Iowa is kind of like Iowa the fourth was a team there. there. Yeah. the fourth team in the running there. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a good team. Getting Tyler Payton back for his senior year is going to be So we could see them making it. Yeah. They, uh, they have some questions to answer. They start this weekend at DBU. Uh, so that, that'll be a, a very interesting series to follow. And uh, we mentioned Joe
2: Demers of you know John's uh, freshman of the year pick. We have UW in the field as a three seed, kind of one of the last. Uh, them and Arizona State kind of being the other two uh, Pac-12 teams in there. And ASU will be interesting. so they kind of Tracy Smith's second year. They've kind of got some holes to fill, but do have Colby Woodmancy, Woodman Wood, Woodman That's <laughs> if I can say it, but uh, obviously he's kind of the centerpiece there. But you know, that's kind that was kind of a pick where. I mean, there are questions, but we believe in that staff. We think they'll
1: they'll figure out enough to get in. They um, are definitely embracing the the chance to be uh, an underdog this year. I think yeah. Arizona State It's a new role for them. Yeah, they are. They're not ranked in the top twenty five, and it's one of the few times. Like, I think it's happened three times in baseball America rankings history that they're not a preseason top twenty five team. So th- this is different for Arizona State, but I think. Uh, they have young talent. Uh, they have um, they have some solid returning pieces, and and it's a good staff. So they'll be they will be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, Southern Miss and their team from two
2: from conference USA. I think with them and uh, them and Rice, but I, mean, I like I like Southern Miss. Uh, they probably they just missed out last year, but um, also they've been a consistent program. They just haven't really broken through in a few years, but I like some of their pieces coming back. So I mean, certainly FAU will be good as well. I mean FAU. I don't have them in right now because they did. Um, I think they do have to replace a good bit on the pitching staff, if I remember right. But um, I mean they'll be in the mix. So Conference USA could be. I mean that's usually a that's you can do that's often a three bid league. It could be again. I think we've got it at two right now. But I um, see so the CAA could be two bid league with uh, Wilmington College of Charleston. Who we've talked about. Uh, that's I mean that, those are kind of the main things that stood out. So I think we had. I think nine SEC teams, if I remember right. I think it's that's, ten. It was ten, yeah. Um, so that was the most. ACC was next, um, then Pac-12. So, but yeah, I mean that's it, it's certainly you know, right now. It's all projecting. It's all who we think will be good. Obviously, we'll be doing these. Um, we'll be doing these field of sixty four every week this year. Which the first three weeks, you know, I'm sure people will be like, "What are you guys doing?" But we're gonna do it. <laughs> Um, but so obviously that'll evolve from becoming, right now it's all just projecting who we think will be good. And obviously over the course of the year it evolves to more looking at the RPIs and all that, all the numbers and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah. So, but right now these are, who we. these are the teams we like. And so, yeah, but, uh, i say it'll be an evolving process. It'll be, it'll be different this year doing it, doing it every week, but it'll be, it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, definitely looking forward to that, um. You know, and we're looking forward to to the NCAA tournament. I know it's a long way away, and we're just looking forward to baseball. But you know, you, you look at some of these matchups, and uh, you know, it's you know they, they're exciting possibilities. You know, it, yeah, try to have some fun with it. Yeah, I, I like the Nashville region. You know, we got Vanderbilt, College of Charleston, UNC, and Alabama State. You know, that's a that's a good uh, that's a good region. We'll make that happen, NCAA committee. I wish they would listen to me. Should <laughs> uh, maybe maybe some year. You can go over to Weekend Preview, uh, BaseballAmerica.com, and, and check out all the the storylines for um, for this weekend, and, and find out where all the top twenty-five schools are playing. Um, you know, top series are, are probably um, North Carolina heading to UCLA, uh, Cal heading to Duke. Um, those produce some good pitching matchups, and we've got tournaments in Arizona uh, with. Uh, Oregon State going down there and and a uh, big one in Myrtle Beach with uh, coastal Carolina and North Carolina State and Virginia and Kent State and App State and Old Dominion uh, and, and several other other big tournaments across the country. But you can you can find your your weekend preview information um, you know, in the weekend preview at baseballamerica.com. You know, we're going to talk about some storylines uh, that have been in the news this week. Uh, there, there's just been a lot of news because of suspensions and injuries and miami preseason number six miami uh, maybe has been hardest hit of of any team it seems like or, or just maybe making the most news and mike i know you've been following that you know what what do you think of um, you know they've they've lost uh, they're starting shortstop due to suspension they kicked a couple players you know off the team completely and um, you know, what, what do you what do you make of what's going on down in miami right now
0: Obviously, it's not the kind of news that you want, you know, the first week of the season. Uh, you know, the players that they're losing. I mean, obviously, um, they're starting shortstop Brandon Lopez. I mean, he's a he's a significant player for them, and uh, I mean, it's just a it's a suspension uh, for him. You know, he, he should be back. He should, I guess, miss you know a week or two, I, w- I would think, but. Uh, You you know, I I think that the pieces that they lost aren't necessarily going to hamper them too much because, I mean, the pitchers, you know, Beaupre and and Sosa, neither one of them, you know, we're going to probably figure into the starting rotation anyway. So,
1: in addition to uh, to Miami being without those guys, um, Houston, preseason number 12, suspended freshman All-American, well, last year's freshman uh, All-American left-hander Seth Romero. He will not pitch this weekend for a violation of team rules. And at this point, it's a little bit of an indefinite suspension. Not quite sure when he's expected to be back. He was supposed to fill in behind Andrew Lantrip and give them a you know a, a, what, would, what would have been or will be eventually a, a very good one-two punch at the top of that rotation. But they're going to have to be without him for a little while now. And uh... I mean, they have the Houston College Classic night,
2: or it's called something else now. But they have that next week. So if he's out for that, that would be. I mean that
1: would be uh, notable. Yeah, absolutely. They have, to go, they have to
2: go without him for that because they obviously they would play in tough competition there.
1: And uh, another team in that uh, is going to be TCU, and they're going to be without their ace Mitchell Traver, mm-hmm. um, who is out uh, for it's believed to be four to six weeks. They're saying with um, a muscle strain, and he's had a lot of injury trouble in the past. He's had Tommy John before. He, he had surgery while he was still in high school. Uh, but last year when he was healthy, you know, he was very good for TCU. And so he is also, like Tate, we, we mentioned earlier how much they lost. Yeah, so they had the depth that it didn't really, it was one guy wasn't going to kill him. Right. Now it's,
2: I mean, he is the whole, he is the kind of the, the stability on that staff. I mean, it was among the starters. So that's, if he is out for a, you know a significant period of time, I mean, that's, uh, it's on you, Luke and Baker. Let's see what you got.
1: Yeah, they had four guys that, that really started by far the bulk of their games last year, yeah. and, and uh, three of them are gone playing yeah. a pro ball now. And so it, it was they were expecting Traver to to solidify Friday nights.
2: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at Preston Morrison and all those guys. I mean, they're it was like it was a luxury. The teams don't generally have to have that much experience and to have four guys in a weekend rotation that could be. You know, one ones or twos on most teams, and they you know one of them starting midweek games and stuff like that. So it's it's definitely. A, I mean, there's still talent there with the recruits they got, and but it's it's going to be a different, uh, especially without Traver now. It's going to be a challenge.
1: Yeah, that's uh, maybe a topic for more next week. Uh, the Houston College Classics. Exactly. but if if they're out, if Romero and, and Traver are both going to miss that event, that's that's unfortunate because it's a loss for that event too. Because yeah. that does look
2: like very uh, very. Very attractive uh, tournament.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a TV event too. MLB Network broadcasts some of those games. And, um, you know, so that, that, that's just kind of an, an unfortunate start to the season for them. And, you know, we also have uh, some injuries at, at UCLA that, that they're dealing with. Uh, catcher Darryl Miller Jr. is out for the year. And they really don't have a whole lot of depth behind him either because uh, Michael Benson. Uh, was part of their big recruiting class this year. Uh, he was supposed to be a freshman, but he's never going to play for UCLA. He transferred uh, in the fall to a junior college, uh, and that really left UCLA with converted infielder, the, a freshman converted infielder, Hirabashi, um, who's really only been catching since October, and a redshirt freshman and their bullpen catcher. So they're going to have to piece that together a little bit, but they... Um, John Savage feels pretty good about where Herbashi's at and, and how far he's come. And, uh, but it, it'll be interesting to watch that. And now they're also uh, down their starting shortstop for uh, the first couple weeks. Uh, Nick Valleka. Yeah, it's another team with a tough early schedule. It's yeah. Carolina and then the Dodger Town Classic, too. Wait, it's uh, Carolina, and then they play Cal Poly, mm. uh, which no is push a pushover. Yeah, always a tough team out there. And then, yeah, the Dodger Town and um, UCLA, it looks like, is going to have to. So the Dodger. Dodger classic this year is uh, UCLA, USC, Mississippi State, and Oklahoma. And the way the schedule works, it looks like UCLA is going to get uh, Dakota Hudson, who is Mississippi State's Friday night starter and you know made a huge jump on the Cape and looks like a potential first rounder. And then Oklahoma is starting Alec Hansen on Saturdays this year because of uh, just the way their rotation works out. And UCLA gets Oklahoma on Saturday. So they're gonna they're gonna have a tough one. Um Vileka may be back for that. Uh he may not be. Uh, that's that's iffy. But yeah, there's no let up in, in UCLA's schedule right at the at the start of the season or, or the whole year because obviously the Pac twelve no is um is, that that's no, no picnic, yeah. You're gonna earn that national seed this year UCLA. Yeah, so uh, there there's some teams that are that are hurting out there and obviously there are there are a lot more uh injuries and, and suspensions for for various teams uh and, and injuries are part of the game and um you know unfortunately suspensions are too that's that's just the way baseball is and everybody's um, going to deal with them at some point right so you know I, I don't think any of these teams are looking for excuses or, or for anyone to feel sorry for them but um it, it is going to be a little different than maybe they they'd drawn it up on paper yeah so jim what what now are you looking forward to most ab- about this this opening weekend?
2: Uh, well, I'll be down in Wilmington, uh, seeing UNCW, um, St. John's, Richmond, and Western Carolina. So, so yeah, of those four, Wilmington's the only one we have as a regional team. But St. John's is probably the it's either them or it's gonna be them that connect with uh, Creighton in the uh, Big East. So, I'll be curious to see them. Um, and so, those are the two kind of main attractions. The uh, Western Carolina had a down year last year, but they're generally a good program. Uh, Richmond's kind of a you know, obviously you know, a good team in the eight ten. 10 I think they should have, probably have a decent uh, decent group, so that'll be a good tournament, I um, am looking forward, Wilmington's got, obviously they're kind of the headliner, like I said, but they've got some, uh, they've got replaced a couple of starters, but um, they do have Ryan Foster back, a starter, uh, they they're a Friday guy, so that's big for them, and they um, talked to Mark Scalf, their head coach yesterday, he really likes their lineup, thinks they, obviously they were a good offensive team last year, and Lost a couple guys, but even with that, he thinks they could be deeper uh, this year. That's um, very. It, it's a very. They don't really have that one guy that's like a, 15 homer guy that you know that kind of star. But they have You know, it's a very. You know, it's a very deep group, and that's a kind of like, that's a good program. They were in regionals last year. They were a two seed uh, in Baton Rouge. And that's, I mean, they certainly, uh, they could be that again. And they're, it's, you know, them and, like I was talking about, the College of Charleston, those two teams are the kind of the two headliners in the uh, the CAA there.
1: Yeah, and uh, Richmond, even in the, the A-10, that's a competitive league, typically. It'll be a good tournament. That's, yeah. It's kind yeah. of a little, little under the radar because there's no top 25 teams, but it's a good it's a good four teams. Yeah. Uh, I'm headed, and to- there's not much to
2: see around right here. Just,
1: yeah, uh, there. Other than Duke, well, and Cal, you know, we will have plenty. Of people it's a pretty out. decent weekend overall, but I think you picked out a good one. Uh, yeah, there. Like Jim just said, there. Baseball America will be uh, will be heavy at the uh, Duke Cal series. Uh, that Friday night game is Dalton Jeffries, Bailey Clark, and there are going to be a lot of scouts coming in for that one. We know, um, you know so you can uh, you can check out coverage of that over at BaseballAmerica.com as well. And I will be uh, headed to Myrtle Beach um, for their tournament. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, Coastal, Virginia, NC State, all ranked. Uh, Kent State, project we were projecting as the, the MAC favorite. And Friday brings us Virginia, Kent State, which will be a matchup of two preseason All-American pitchers and Connor Jones and Eric Lauer. And if scouts aren't, at the uh the Bailey Clark Dalton Jeffries one they're they're going to be a lot um at the at the Jones Lauer showdown so I'm looking forward to that and I'm also uh going to head down to Charleston on Saturday um catch Nebraska and College of Charleston so that'll be a good one And, and then go back to Myrtle for the culmination of their tournament there on on Sunday so it's an exciting first weekend of college baseball it's just good to have baseball any baseball back but you know, the fact that we have uh, all this good college baseball that, that we're all going to be able to check out is um, is fantastic now as we head into the weekend you know remember to, to check out baseballamerica.com for all your all your coverage and as mentioned before we've got the my interview with Tulane head coach David Pierce they're taking on Illinois that's going to be another uh, event where Scouts are at Cody Sudlock uh, Illinois Friday night starter is uh, had an exciting summer on the Cape and Tulane has two very good draft prospects in, in catcher, Jake Rogers and, and shortstop, Steven Alamaze and Illinois has got a good catcher shortstop combination themselves in uh Goldstein and Walton. So Tulane, Illinois kind of under the radar, a little bit like the Wilmington uh, tournament. And, you know, it, it, that's going to be exciting. We're going to have all, um, all the coverage uh, uh, around the country on BaseballAmerica.com this weekend. But first, um, my interview here with Tulane head coach David Pierce. Welcome, Coach Pierce, to the Baseball America podcast. Thanks for joining us today to talk some Tulane baseball.
3: And I appreciate you taking the time to call and, and ask about our team. I really do. Uh, absolutely, it's you know
1: we uh, we love college baseball here, and uh, you know you guys you guys have an interesting bunch this
3: year. We really do. I mean, we have a veteran pitching. Coach. Uh, pitching staff. We're not overpowering, but we have a lot of guys with experience that are back, and they feel like they're going to at least give us a chance to be in games. And um, So we're really going to have to depend on pitching and defense, and the old cliche of timely hitting is still a part of this equation. Last year, you had a, a
1: really successful first year at Tulane. Uh, you finished third in the conference. Um and go to the NCAA tournament. You know, so how do, you, uh, how do you build on that momentum now with, with as much uh, returning talent as you do have coming back?
3: Well, I think the neat thing about it is just being selected on Monday at the selection show really makes a difference in your program's perception within the program and exteriorly, or in the exterior world, because you know there becomes such a pause and with that buzz, that's worked a little harder. They go out and play some of them. Well, they have the key word this year is expectations. And, uh, I think it's going to be critical how we handle the expectations, uh, not trying to do too much early, just, you know, trusting the process that they've been through and, uh, and, uh, their preparation and, and going out and play, playing. So I think, them having that experience of being in a regional last year and getting a taste of that has really already carried over through the summer and fall and the early spring. So kids are very excited, um, and I do feel like we have talent. I think we're very good up the middle with our catching, shortstop, and, and with the return of Grant Brown in center field.
1: Yeah, I mean, the with Jake Rogers, their catcher, and Stephen Alamez is at shortstop, uh, especially, you know, what did those two guys going into their junior year kind of have some some draft buzz around them? What did they have to do, you know, to, to play through that and, and, and still be successful for on the field for you guys?
3: Well, I truly believe that both of them are two of the best players in the country in their respective positions. I mean, Jake Rogers is one of the best catch-and-throw catchers I've ever had. And that includes some really great catchers at price. And Stephan Alamis has all the tools to stay professionally at shortstop, but also to, you know, to make a lot of plays for us. He just has great first step, great instincts. And, uh, it, it's a comfort when you know going into a season that you're very good behind the plate in that shortstop. Uh, I think for the two of them, they need to just trust themselves and not get too caught up into the, you know the buzz about the pro draft because they truly want to win for this team and they truly want to see us do well so I think they're handling it great uh, they have great attitudes and I think they're, they're handling that spotlight very well jake rogers
1: uh you know was uh, out on the cape over the summer and, and, and people were excited about the way he was he was catching there but uh, you know offense has has been a you know, he he hasn't quite stood out as much offensively, you know, either Tulane or, or over the summer. What uh, what do you feel like his offensive potential is, and, and where where do you think he can make uh, some improvements uh, to to help you guys this year?
3: Well, well, first of all, you know, Jake hit he up, always hit over four hundred in high school, and as a freshman, he had to play every day. He was the best, and because of that, I think he got a little bit. Of, Frustrated, and I think he got he lost some confidence as an offensive player. At the same time, the bat was changing, uh, the ball had changed, and so there was some. Or the ball had remained the same. Uh, so there was some issues with him having success and a lot of pressure early on. He went out this past summer and hit 270 in a pitcher's league in the Cape. So um, all we've seen from Jake is. Uh, progression all through the fall and he's got a chance to hit anywhere in the probably in the two home to five six seven for us so i think he's going to be a very productive offensive player for us this year he doesn't strike out he doesn't swing and miss um so as he improves his play discipline i think you'll also see his average and his offensive numbers improve
1: and then what about Alamez? where where do you um where do you see him improving as uh, as the season goes on?
3: Well, he hit in the leadoff for us all last year. He did a great job. He's the only player we had to hit over 300. He's going to stay in that leadoff spot. Most likely he could go to the three, but he's probably going to stay in the leadoff spot. Um, I just would like to see him continue to, again, the same as what I said with Jake, is just to understand the strike zone and, and be ready to hit what he can handle. And he did a good job of that. I think patience is a part of his game that he has to kind of work on. But he 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 doesn't swing and miss. He's a good leadoff. He's not a prototypical leadoff guy where he sees a ton of pitches and draws a lot of walks, but he gets a lot of hits. So uh, you know, if he gets on base, he really makes us go because he puts pressure on on the defense with the with the running game.
1: And then on the mound, you got Corey Merrill coming back, and you got Emerson Gibbs coming back at the at the front of your rotation. You know, you have to like the way that that sets up for you uh, with a couple experienced uh, older veterans uh, to to get your weekends going.
3: There's no doubt. I mean, if you look at Corey Merrill, he's a he's a guy that's been in the Friday night slot for two years. To me, in my opinion, the two most critical spots on our staff is the Friday night spot, and who finishes the game. And those are probably the two toughest things for players to do. Now, Corey is going to remain in the Friday night. And then you had Alex Massey, who had a solid year last year, that will probably stay in the Saturday. And Emerson Gibbs is a great Sunday starter. Um, the key for those guys continued continue to the strike zone. And they have to pitch. I mean... Alex would go up to 94, but really we're going to pitch 87 to 92, 91 uh, and have the ability to throw the breaking ball and change up. So all three of those kids understand that and have experience doing it versus D1 competition. So they look experienced up to this point, and hopefully that continues when we start playing playing opponents.
1: Well, you know, last year uh, the American – uh, as a baseball conference really took a step forward, finished third in the RPI uh, get four teams into the NCAA tournament. What is it about the league um, that makes it so so good for baseball?
3: Wow, that's a great question because you're, you're really you're right on. I mean we have a very good league and a very tough league I think the players in our league one are, seem very hungry and the players in our league are uh, much more talented than most people would imagine not being in a power five. But we have some very solid arms. Uh, you have the k kid from Connecticut, the Romero and Lantrip from Houston, uh, the Frenprop from UCF. And I think what you're seeing is, is the, the insertion of, I guess, Seven of the eight coaches are within that one into two to three years. And and you have all the coaches returning. So there's definitely some unity within programs. And, and these are not just returning coaches. These are great coaches. So people are getting the match out of their players. And uh, our league plays very hard. And uh, there's no no easy games throughout the schedule.
1: Do you think some of the players have a bit of a chip on their shoulder that, you know, we didn't we didn't get to go to a, a BCS or, or a Power 5 league that, that weren't the American, but, you know, and so people might overlook us a little bit?
3: I, I truly think that we have a, a reputation of being a great baseball league, so I think guys are choosing these schools. Um, in the Northeast, I think players are choosing UConn. Uh, in Florida, I think they're choosing... Mark Kingston and, and Terry Rooney and their programs. Uh, so I, I want all the players. I, I would think every player has some chip on on his shoulder, but I really believe that our players are choosing to go to these schools because they're great baseball programs.
1: Well, opening weekend, uh, you know, you bring in Illinois and uh, you get to start this whole season again. And you know, Illinois obviously was a really good team last year. You know, Big Ten champions and, and super regional team and everything some of those key pieces are gone, but it still looks like it's a pretty solid team. What are you expecting uh, from opening weekend?
3: Well, I agree with you. I think they're a very solid team. And I think when you play in a Super Regional, that carries over to the next year um, with the returning players, of the expectations of winning and um, with that experience of playing at those levels. And the learning curve speeds up because, uh, the returning players understand it. The new players jump on board a lot quicker. So they're going to be one of the toughest opponents in the country for an opening weekend. Uh, it looks like they'll move Sedlock to the Friday night. and uh, He's got a big arm and he knows how to pitch with experience every turn their are shortstop. And i believe really looking are a catcher and those are also critical positions. So it's going to be a, a really tough opening weekend for us as well as the rest of our schedule.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a tough schedule you've got there. You know, is um, is that a philosophy you're, you're hoping to continue to, to get you ready for for conference play and and for uh, the hopefully an NCAA tournament?
3: I love playing great teams. I love the competition against the best teams, and uh, there's a strategy within it. And within the strategy, you want to make sure that you have a good balance. But with the balance, you want to make sure that. Um, you're playing schools that have a history of having a solid r p i that that positions you it positions you to have an opportunity for that uh, at large
1: now I also have to ask you um, your your brother in law Gary Kubiak, just won a Super Bowl uh, as the the Broncos coach. Does that add any pressure to you any family pressure there to uh to get a championship <laughs> of your own
3: <laughs> uh, uh, no, I think we put enough pressure on ourselves. We're under pressure 12 months a year in my family. Were you able to uh, to go to the Super Bowl? I was, and it was an absolutely incredible day and, and weekend. And I'm very thrilled for the Denver Broncos, and especially for Pipia. Well deserving. And uh, when you look at that, and you look at the, the big contracts in today's professional sports, and you look at a team like the Denver Broncos that. We're truly the ultimate team. It's really exciting to watch. But you can—it's really exciting to watch that on an NFL level. So you know it can be done with our team.
1: You know, now we're we're just a few days away from opening day. What is the um? You know, what, what's the, the final message you're trying to give to your players over the, you know, b- before that that opening weekend? Um, what, what do you want them to, to be thinking about?
3: Well, I think what happens early in the spring is guys go in and out of the slumps and they get into their head a little bit more than they need to as they prepare for opening day. So uh, I think the, the biggest message is to clear your mind and uh, understand the ups and downs and the drying of the full season, just to be prepared every day, go out and play for each other. All right. Well I really
1: appreciate it. You know, there's a I think there's a lot to a lot of interesting stuff going around uh with the team and it'll be one that we're, we're interested in watching the rest of the season.
3: Well we appreciate the club and uh the hard work you guys do and thanks for everything for calling.
1: Well thank you very much, Coach. Okay, Teddy. See ya. That'll do it for today's Baseball America College Podcast. Thank you to Coach David Pierce from Tulane for joining us. Thank you to Jim Schonard and Mike Linana for joining me here uh, in studio. And remember, throughout the weekend, to check out BaseballAmerica.com. We'll have all the coverage of the college action across the country, and you know throughout the, the season. BaseballAmerica.com is, is your uh, your stop for, for college baseball coverage. Our rankings. Uh, you know, like Jim mentioned, the, the field of sixty-fours every week, features, plenty of great stuff over at baseballamerica.com. So just remember to, to check that out and you know, we'll be back on Monday to talk about the first weekend and all the all the goings on that there were around the country and we'll have a new poll to talk about as well. So I've been Teddy Cahill, have a great weekend and, and enjoy the start of college baseball, everyone.